Welcome to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Scott of Denver Seminary. What are the challenges we face in today's church and culture in a postmodern, post-Christian era? Dr. Haley believes that in addressing those issues, the church must adopt a missional mindset. Christianity does hold the answers to the big questions of today's culture. Let's join Dr. Haley for today's edition of Christian Curious. Confucius once said, when it is obvious that the goals cannot be reached, don't adjust the goals, adjust the action steps. Every big achievement is comprised of many small, sometimes unnoticeable achievements. You're listening to Christian Curious, the show where we openly discuss the most important issues facing Christianity today. My name is Hannah Greaser, and I serve as the administrative assistant to the show's regular host, Dr. Haley Gray Scott at Denver Seminary. Today, I get to turn the tables again and interview Dr. Haley about setting long t- or short-term goals. Dr. Haley Gray Scott is an author and social researcher who focuses on issues related to leadership and spiritual formation. Her writing has appeared in several outlets, including Christianity Today, The Washington Post, Christian Education Journal, Real Clear Religion, Relevant, and Books and Culture. Her book, Dare Mighty Things, Mapping the Challenges of Leadership for Christian Women, explores the challenges facing female Christian leaders in ministry. She is currently the director of the Kaleo Project at Denver Seminary, a research program that helps equip churches to minister to young adults. She is at work on a book to report the project's findings. In her spare time, or what little she might have after all of that, she loves to run and bake bread. She lives in Littleton, Colorado with her husband, Paul, and their two daughters, Ellie and Vivi. Haley, Haley, welcome to your show. Thanks for having me, Hannah, and thanks for heading this up. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, last time we chatted about the importance of setting long-term goals. Um, Would you say that short-term goals are crucial to achieving those long-term goals? Oh, absolutely. I mean, short-term goals are the the little things that we can do to build up to the bigger project to meet the bigger long-term goals that we have set in our lives. So we set long-term goals that reach far out into the future, but these short-term goals, they enable us to, they're like the steps up the stairwell. So the goal is to get to the top of the stairwell, but each short-term goal is like each step on a stairwell. So you just take one by one until you finally reach the top of the stairwell. And so that way, in that way, short-term goals are crucial to long-term, to achieving long-term goals. Mm. And, you know, people seem to be desperate to make a change this year. Um, You and I recently attended the Cultivate Your Year, um, a conference designed to set goals and make things happen and help people plan out their lives. Um, And everybody at this virtual conference was so emotional. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. They were very emotional about uh, the past year and how their plans were derailed and how discouraged they were about the future and how, um, you know, you know, and I can relate, it can get, it's very easy whenever you, these external forces get you off track mm-hmm. and you can get discouraged. And if you just sit in that discouragement long enough, um, it becomes something that, uh, that what the ancients called the or sloth. 
which is the noonday demon. And when you get discouraged, you feel like, I can't achieve this. And, and you lose the energy and the momentum that you had to, and the vision that you had and the confidence that you had to make the short-term goals in order to reach that long-term goal that you had envisioned. Hmm. Yes. And I guess that, that just speaks to the power of what maybe having one short-term goal and achieving it can have and maybe getting out of the slump, a slump or a, a year-long slump like some people have experienced with 2020. Yeah, you know, achieving your, setting those short-term goals, really, once you achieve that short-term goal, it just really gives you the confidence to keep going. I mean, they are confidence boosters. Mm. Every time you take a step towards a goal, you are building confidence saying, oh, I just did this, you know, and rather than looking at the whole picture, you look at things one by one. I mean, just, to, you know, earlier today, uh, my daughter, what my youngest daughter, Vivi, was so discouraged because she has so much schoolwork to do. And I said, Vivi, don't look at the whole picture right now. I want you to look at one by one by one by one by one. Hmm. Each step, just do one thing, and then you feel better. And then you're like, okay, I can do the next thing. Mm-hmm. And so that way, breaking it down into those small, short-term goals gives you the confidence to keep moving forward in order to reach that long-term goal. Right, right. Um, and, you know, I know you personally have this large and lovely planner. I rarely see see you without it. Um And so can you walk us through your rhythm of planning out your schedule every week and kind of setting those long-term goals? Yeah, you know, I am addicted to planners. Um, (laughs) I've tried so many planners, and, you know, I really loved the Franklin Covey system for a long time, and now I've moved to having a um, a Let's Journal from L-E-T-T-S, from England and what that does is it has a day and it you know it has a calendar for the whole year in the front and then each day it has you know just an empty page almost like a journal Hmm. and so you know what I do is every Sunday you know if I'm on top of my game I don't I have I have missed Sundays before I've missed doing this before and then my week is like not as organized but Um, Ideally, each Sunday what I do is I sit down and I look at the various areas of my life and what I want to achieve in those areas. And so that way I break, because we all have so many different components to our life. We have so many different areas of our life that we have to manage all at the same time. We have all these balls in the air. And so how do we manage it? How do we actually move forward in these goals, um, you know, with goals in each of those areas and not let the balls drop? And so what I do each Sunday is I look at those various areas of my life and then I break down what do I want to achieve. And I usually look back on the previous week, what did I achieve? What do I need to celebrate about the fact that what I achieved um, what did I not get done, and then trans, and then let that inform how I um, plan plan out the next week. Hmm. 
That's so good. I like the celebration component. I have never even thought about doing that. Oh, a celebration is, is critical because you have to applaud yourself. I mean, if you're constantly just trying to achieve goals and then you achieve your goal and you don't celebrate the fact that you did it, I mean, it, it can be discouraging. And I've done that before. I... Uh, when I got my PhD, after all that work, I didn't mm-hmm. really take time to celebrate. Uh, you know, part of that was because when I defended my dissertation, I was pregnant and I didn't even know it yet. And <laughs> so I moved right from dissertation to being pregnant. And so I never really celebrated the fact that I achieved this momentous goal. But celebrating the fact that you achieved something that the Lord had set before you and uh, you know, just appreciating the fact and, you know, being satisfied with the work that you did and being proud of yourself mm. for staying at it and reaching that goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that for sure. Um, and what are the different areas th- that you have concentrated goals in or how do you kind of break that up? Well, the first thing that I do is something that I've taken from uh, Franklin Covey, which is the Sharpen the Saw. And this is about how will I take care of myself? And there's four different areas. It's the spiritual, the physical, the emotional, and the relational. Hmm. So what do I need to do spiritually to maintain a healthy uh, perspective on life? So usually that means time in the word it means time in prayer or time in service um this you know in very spiritual disciplines that you know that i may be trying i may try new spiritual disciplines but what do i need to do this week to take care of my spiritual life and then physical um i'm a runner i always joke that i run to burn off the crazy (laughs) Because, you know, I start on a run and I got all of this mental worries. But at the end of the run, everything is everything is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Everything is fine. I can manage it. And so running, you know, making time to run really helps me um, mentally and spiritually to it take by taking care of my physical body. So I'll set a goal for myself. You know, um, one of my big goals in life was to run a marathon. And so I would, each week I would look at, okay, what is what is my training plan? And I would put that into my goal setting for that week. Okay, so I need to run this many times and I need to do this many training runs and I need to go this far. Um, these days I usually... You know, I have run a marathon. I don't think that I'm ever going to do it again. (laughs) (laughs) I've done it, and I'm like, okay, I've done it, so I'm good. But, um, uh, you know, I usually try to set a mileage goal or and then a weightlifting and then yoga and flexibility and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then emotional, you know, where where am I emotionally? Taking, Taking stock of where I am in my emotional well-being and what do I need to do to take care of that? Maybe that's talking with a friend. Maybe that's reading a certain book. Um, And so I will set a goal in that area. 
and then relational, taking time to be to with my family, taking time to be with my friends, taking time to mentor someone. And so taking care of myself first, it's also it's like being on an airplane whenever they tell you the oxygen mask, put put your own oxygen mask on before you do it to anybody else because if you don't take care of yourself, then you're not going to be able to take care of anybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, then I go into my actual work roles. And um, I am a very, I'm a, I call myself a generalist because I have a lot of different areas in which I work. So I have a role as the director of the Young Adult Initiative. And within that, I have several different components to the job. So there's administrative, there is um, relationship building with the churches, there is, you know, getting the word out, there is writing. Um, So there's very different components to that job. And then you make goals that you can achieve that week in that job. And then sometimes I'm teaching classes as a professor. And so I'll have what do I need to do this week? Do I need to grade papers? Do I need to meet with students? You know, what lectures am I going to be covering? And then, you know, I may be writing an article. So as a writer is another role of mine. So do I have a, an article due? Um, do I have a book due? Um, when am I going to, you know, what, are, what specifically do I need to achieve in each of those areas? And then I also have uh, family life. Um, you know, what do I want to help my daughters with? What do I need to do to nurture my marriage? And then um, you have home life. Okay, so I need to finish painting the banister in my house. I haven't done that yet. (laughs) I've started it and I haven't finished it. So, you know, what do I need to do? Do I need to declutter the closet? Do I need to finish the stairwell? You know, make these little goals, you know, and don't overwhelm yourself. Because you've got a lot of components of your life, but looking at each role that you have and then making the goals that you can achieve within that week um, right there on at Sunday night and let that inform, you know, your day-to-day tasks. So every day you can go back to that Sunday plan and pull out your to-do list for each day. Hmm. Yeah, I love how balanced that is. Um, What really stuck out to me is how you talked about um, kind of the self first with the physical, spiritual, emotional, and relational goals before you ever went into, you know, work or the actual to do, to do kind of things. Um, And I think that's something that we don't necessarily think about in goal setting. It's all about, you know, productivity and what can I check off the list rather than how can I become, you know, a better more um, holistic human being who has a solid relationship with the Lord, you know? Um, I love the way that you broke that down. Well, you know, I have to remind myself, what that does is it reminds myself that I'm not a machine. Mm -hmm. I'm not a robot. I'm a human being. And robots don't need any of that sharpness off stuff. But human beings do. And you just have to remember you're not just this productivity machine. You are a human being. And, you know, from 
your essence as a human being flows out, your goals and the things that you achieve flows out of that. Mm-hmm. You can't just pretend like you're a machine and ignore um, your needs. I've done that before. It doesn't work. You burn out and you crash, and then it's a long time before you can pick yourself up off the ground. Right. I um, I feel like you're alluding to it right now, but I would love to touch on the story of the process you went through in achieving your PhD, because as you say, you did it in a sinful way. And I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, I totally did my PhD in a sinful way. Um, I think I was driven by a lot of fear um, because I felt a lot of pressure. Um, You know, I was, you know, in my late 20s, early 30s, trying to finish a PhD. My husband is 10 years older than me. We wanted to start a family. And I knew that if I didn't finish this PhD, I couldn't, if I, if I had a family while I was in the middle of it, I'd never finish it. And so what I did was I was working 60 hours a week as a professor and a, I had my own business as a writer and an editor and I was also a research librarian, and plus I was taking full loads of classes as a PhD student. And what normally takes people seven to 10 years, a program that normally takes seven to 10 years, I did in three and a half years. And I completely burned myself out. And I remember talking to a mentor one time and saying, okay, so if I slow down right now, how long is it going to be before I get better? And I thought he, he would say, oh, just take the weekend and you'll be fine. And he said, it'll take you a year. Hmm. If you slow down for a year, then you'll be okay. And so, you know, we talk about burnout, but then there's, there's casual burnout where you're, you're just a little bit tired and you can be restored by a hike in the mountains or whatever it is that you do to um, uh, to blow off steam and then there's a burnout that is completely levels the playing field and you are just you can't get you can't get motivated to to do anything because you've not taken care of yourself you've mm-hmm. acted like you're a machine and you've put too much effort into things and you just haven't taken care of yourself and it takes a long time to overcome that And so, you know, when I did my Ph.D., people ask me all the time, you know, should I get a Ph.D.? And I'm like, well, you know, if you feel called to do that, do that. But don't do it sinfully. Don't do it. Do it. Take your time. Mm -hmm. You know, take your time in doing it. And don't try to do too much. Yeah. So I'm curious then because, you know, in in the headspace you were at when you were getting your Ph.D., you are convinced that if you didn't do it fast, you wouldn't get it done. So um, knowing what you know now, would you have done it differently? Like, are there any benefits to kind of buckling down and burning yourself out? Or should we always take that, you know, measured approach? Um, I think that you should, you know, there's time and space for everything. You know, if you're facing an emergency, then you need to buckle down and get something done. But when it's something like a PhD or, you know, writing a book or, you know, achieving something that's an extremely big 
goal, then you need to give yourself the appropriate time and space and understand that you have limitations and you need to pay constant attention to the condition of your spirit. How are you feeling? How's your mental health? And, you know, if you feel like you're on the decline, then that means you need to take a little bit more time and space to but keep working at that goal, keep chipping away at it, but just give yourself some grace and give yourself some time and space. Hmm. And what are some of those indicators that people can kind of start to notice when they're pushing up against that burnout or a danger of burnout? Well, you know, again, it's stuff like, are you angrier than normal? Are you more irritable than normal? Are you, you know, sleeping, but then, or are you sleeping, but then wake up tired? Or are you not sleeping at all? Um, Are you irritable with people? Has your personality uh, changed in any way? Um, Those are some of the things that you can look at and say, wow, I'm getting, I'm just, things are, things that normally don't bother me are really bothering me. Um, Why is that? And that's because you haven't given yourself enough space. And so, you know, are you irritable? Are you angry? Are you impatient? Are you, um, are you depressed? And all that means is, is you need to find, you need to make the time and the space for things that restore you and just slow it down a little bit. Right. And setting those physical, spiritual, emotional and relational goals will, um, you know, I think make people more aware that they could be approaching burnout. <laughs> I like the connection between right. that. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, going off of that, um, what do you think the relationship between our spiritual formation and short term goal setting is? Um, like, how can organizing our time, you know, even benefit our relationship with the Lord? Well, one of the most important things to remember is that time is the only commodity we can never get back. We can always earn more money. We can always earn more things. We can never get our time back. And, you know, the Lord has us here for a short period of time. And so valuing that time and stewarding that time well it helps you to feel fulfilled and because you're doing God's will in your life. If you're focused on your calling, you're focused on what God wants you to do, you're not pressuring yourself to do more than he's asked you to, and you're stewarding that time well, you are serving the Lord, and that's going to pay off in Um, strengthening your relationship with God. Time is our most precious commodity, and so we have to steward it well. We have to guard the ways that we spend our time, and it is so easy to get caught up in distractions. I mean, and I did this during the pandemic when I would start my Netflix binging, Mm -hmm. okay? That's not benefiting my spiritual life with God. I benefit my spiritual life with God when I'm doing 
exactly what he calls me to do. So for me, this looks different for everybody because everybody's calling is different. But when I sit down and I have taken a, a large chunk of my time to sit down and write, and then I spend time with my family, spend time with people that I love, people that I'm mentoring, at the end of the day, when I go to bed, I feel so refreshed and renewed and connected with the Lord. And like, you know, I feel like God is saying, well done, my faithful servant. Mm-hmm. Um, just staying on track and, and being committed to his plan for your life. That That's what your relationship with God is all about, is uh, serving him and serving him well. And so that's how short-term goal setting and being sure that you're on task and that you're not giving into distraction, you're not giving into apathy, that is going to strengthen your relationship with God because you're in tune with Him. You're with Him in this process of uh, changing the world and making a difference. And that is one of the most powerful things that we can do as Christians is partnering with God as we try to make an impact in the world for Jesus Christ. Yes. And I, I relate to what you said about, you know, it looks different for everybody. You know, it, it took time for me to realize that me setting aside time to write, because I also, you know, love to write, um, me setting aside that time was sanctifying it and making it holy in a way. And it was important for my spiritual well-being. And I know, you know, right now you've prioritized some time to write in Texas. Is that right? That's right. I am, you know, and that, and that's imperfect as well. I mean, and you have to embrace, that's another part is embrace the imperfection. So across the room is my daughter on her school calls and I'm sitting at another desk across the room, and my dad is sitting in his armchair watching TV, And so, but I'm writing. I'm sitting there at the desk, and I'm writing, and I'm committed to it, and um, yeah, but so it's not perfect. You know, embrace that imperfection in, you know, whenever you're trying to fulfill your calling and understand that everything's not going to go according to plan and just doing the best that you can with the time that you have. Yes. When we feel it, when we release the pressure to be perfect and we just invite the Lord in, we can get way more done (laughs) and have way much more peace. Um, But Haley, thank you so much again for just giving me the opportunity to pick your brain and have you on your very own show. (laughs) Thanks, Hannah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank all of you for listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley Grace Scott and Hannah Greaser. Um, Be sure to check out the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever your preferred platform is. And reach out with your thoughts and questions to Haley at hgscott.com. That's Haley, H-A-L-E-E at hgscott.com. Stay curious. Thank you for listening to Christian Curious with Dr. Haley. You can contact her with your comments or questions about today's show at her email, drhaley at christiancurious.org. That's D-R-H-A-L-E-E at christiancurious.org. You may also learn more by visiting the Christian Curious website, christiancurious.org. 
Join Dr. Haley again next week for Christian Curious on AM 670 KLTT.